That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Liverpool won the penalty lottery this time as they topped Chelsea 5-4 on penalties after a 2-2 stunning UEFA Super Cup win. We got week two of Premier League to preview a little bit. We're going to try out a new format, talk about our favorite uh, bets of the weekend for this uh, this upcoming round of Premier League fixtures. I'm Alex here on the Ghost Call podcast uh, with Javier. Andrew is out tonight with a busy work schedule. Uh, NFL preseason right in the middle of it. Uh, the NFL regular season is right around the corner. So uh, Andrew's a busy, busy boy, but uh, that's why there's three of us. So. Uh, let's get started and talk a little bit about this UEFA Super Cup. We're recording just after, maybe a couple hours after that game ended. Despite the loss, I'm uh, pretty optimistic about Chelsea. Or like, I mean, it wasn't really a loss. It was a two-two draw and then a loss on penalties. Disappointing. It's kind uh, of like I don't know. The I European, think you lost. I mean, you lost. It's like the European Community Shield. You know, it's only as as I said, as I retweeted on uh, the Ghost Gold Twitter. Yeah, it today, is like the European Community it's, Shield. It's true. It's 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 only uh, it's only a friendly, guys. Unless we win, then it's a major European trophy. So, uh, congrats to Liverpool. They were okay. It didn't seem like they were fully taking it like that seriously. Uh, and they it celebrated like pretty hard at the end, though. That they did, but I, it felt like their effort level, like compared to ours, it, we looked like a team that had just come off like a four 0 Exactly like, in the first half, loss. I was going to say like it looked like your effort level was a lot higher, but they brought on Firmino in the second half, and yeah, it looked like they definitely recovered a lot of that uh, fervor that they, you know, are used to having, and they were pressing you, you know, with Origi and Firmino, uh, you know, till the end of the game. Even in extra time, they brought on more substitutes that were able to just keep the game fresh. So, yeah, I, I I thought both teams did fairly well. Chelsea had spells, Liverpool had spells, and but Chelsea had longer spells and better chances. Yeah, I thought so overall I'm, in the game, you guys were probably the better team, but it wasn't like a close. It wasn't like a very clear cut thing, you know. Um, and a draw was probably the fair result. You know, if you're if you were like talking about this in a league format, so I can understand why you're saying like you know we didn't actually lose. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, it's I I liked how like Pulisic looked. Said about Darby I mean, lost. he got he got the assist for Giroud's first goal, and he then had a goal disallowed shortly after that, where he was just you know a couple inches offside. And yeah, Mane looks like he's back too. Um, the guy's just a machine. He's got, I think, 19 goals in 2019 in all competitions, and only player that has more in all competitions is is Aguero. So, how do you mean? Do you mean in like the calendar year? The calendar year, yeah, for in the Premier League, he's number two right now. So it's he's been inputting a lot of goals in around the team. Maybe not. I mean, he did win the Golden Boot last year, but it seems like he was scoring in the Champions League and in cups too for them. So. Yeah, this guy uh, to the final. This the, guy shows up shows cup. up in Europe a lot. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that despite technically two losses to start the like competitive season, 
Uh, I, could, I can feel about as optimistic about this Chelsea team as I possibly could after two losses to United and uh, Liverpool. So it's uh, it, it's not what I would have wanted. Obviously, as a, most Chelsea fans will agree that you, you aim to win every single trophy you're up for. I'm just happy that the team didn't uh, get another spanking. Uh, I'm going to transition real quick to looking ahead to this weekend. Chelsea are going to host uh, Leicester City on Sunday at 11.30 a.m., uh, a interesting game. Uh, first game for Frank Lampard at Stamford Bridge. He's managed, I think, uh, eight or nine games total uh, so far, including preseason. And this will be his first uh, return to Stamford Bridge for an actual game. Leicester got a point uh, at home against Wolves last time out. They uh, got a point just barely from a VAR handball call that uh, waved off Leander Dendonker's goal. So they're going to be wanting to uh, write that uh not so great start to the season, albeit against a, a good team in Wolves. And uh, last time I checked, Leicester City were the last team to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. That was back in, I want to say, December of last year. Uh, it's it, it's not completely out of my head that we might lose this one too. You know, I'm not just thinking all problems are solved because N'Golo Kante came back into the lineup and wasn't yeah. Don't you think like 120 minutes of competitive play for all these players is going to maybe have an effect on them? Especially like when their when their levels of fitness now. are not that high, I don't think it's going to be that same team. I think a lot of the players that you saw come on as substitutes today, namely uh, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, and, uh, and Ross Barkley. Those players. I think Golo is the one that I might just be worried about because he played the full the whole game and he came I, back I think, from an injury. I think I just need. To- I think after three or four years of watching Golo, I just need to learn the lesson of if it's a, a must win or must play game. Just don't doubt N'Golo. He'll just he'll be out there and he'll be one of the better players on the field. Obviously, this Liverpool game, he was by far the best player on the field. You know, Mane had the two goals, uh, and there were other attacking players. Pulisic had the assist and was playing very well for throughout his sixty or seventy minutes. But N'Golo played the full one hundred and twenty minutes, and he was just almost impeccable the entire time. And the the year under Sari and the the reverting back to the four three three that was more common under Sari for for this uh, Super Cup game, uh, I think that worked wonders. I'm interested to see if it uh, goes forward into this weekend with the same thing or if Frank reverts back to that four two three one that he tried against United. But I'm uh, I'm thinking after a result uh, or like a performance like that against Liverpool, he's got to keep one of Kovacic and uh, Jorginho in the midfield next to Kante. And then that third midfielder, probably Ross Barkley. And then he'll, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, chose between Pulisic and uh, and uh, Mason Mount to stick out on the wing. And interesting to see if William will get any sort of game time because Pedro just played a really good 120 minutes, but he's 33, and that's still 120 minutes. So for those players, I do understand what you mean, but I think we have a big enough squad that we can rotate around a little bit and kind of kind of avoid that. I, I'm not going to do score predictions. It's still really early in the season, and and you know we haven't really got that good of a look at Leicester yet either. So I, I, it's it's an interesting uh, prospect for sure. I'm I'm optimistic after these two games, despite the results, but it, it's still lingering in the back of my mind that we could start this first week of the season with three games played and no wins. From someone that like started last year with two really hard games uh, against top six opposition lost both of them and then went on a 23 game unbeaten run. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. I mean Oh yeah, I'm not saying even if we did lose this weekend, I wouldn't be Oh, I'd be I'd Frank be a little Lampard bit worried if you lost against Leicester at home. 
Um, I think you guys have to at least get a draw out of that, but um, I, I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that, yeah, there'll, there'll probably be a bit of confidence and feel good after the cup final, even though you guys quote unquote lost, you know, I think the players will be like, yeah, okay. Like we're not shit. We're not going to have a terrible season. Like we didn't get blown away by Liverpool um, who are a better team than Manchester United. So I think, you know, when you had N'Golo out there, you guys were able to go toe to toe with them and, you know, for large portions of the game, put Liverpool under pressure and, and, you know, play, play out your game plan. I think that for Leicester, it's going to be really interesting if they can, you know, keep their defensive balance because, um, they had a lot of possession against Wolves, but Wolves had the better chances. So it's generally the case against Wolves where, you know, they kind of sit back and they'll play on the counterattack and let you have the ball. But it'll be interesting because I'm sure Chelsea are going to try and have the ball. And Leicester are a team that, you know, they had 70% possession so in their last game, which is a lot. It's a solid midfield. They have a very solid midfield. Um, you know, I think one of the best, if not the best, outside of the top six. So I think it has um, to be the best. Yeah. Ndidi, Tielemans, and James Madison. Yeah. It's, that's, I think that's by far so the best. So good. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be where the game's going to be won and lost. And I'm really interested to see how that battle goes. And I bet you... One of those midfielders might pop up with a goal. You know, I bet you that that's going to be like a deciding be Golo Kante. a deciding factor. Yeah, on either side. You know what I mean? The 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 midfielders are going to have to be the ones who win the game most likely. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one, and looking forward to it. The other side of that uh, Super Cup, Liverpool will travel to Southampton a little sooner on a Saturday morning, uh, 10 a.m. here in the U.S. Uh, Southampton started not so well at Burnley, losing 3-0. They're in it, creating chances for uh, the opening 60 minutes or so. But then Ashley Barnes just sort of grabbed the game by the scruff of his neck and dragged Burnley to a win that ended up looking super impressive, winning 3-0 at home. So uh, I'm obviously it's not the best to be having your uh, your next game after losing 3-0 away be home against the European champions. Uh, but I think you're just going to see Southampton try to get back to what Hasenhutl wants to do best, and uh, you know get their press working and see what chances they can create off of off of those press opportunities. Uh, and you know we haven't really seen Liverpool reach uh, you know second or third gear yet this season. They, they you know they took advantage of mistakes against Norwich at home and put four past them in the first half. Conceded after that, didn't look super sharp against Chelsea today, but still managed to win on penalties. Uh, well, so. I think this is the kind of game that you'll see them really rely on that counterattacking system and obviously that front three of uh, Mane, Salah, and, and Firmino, and even Origi or Shakiri if they get in. So I, I'm guessing they still come out on top with the win because uh, once they do just decide to give Southampton the ball and let them play around a little bit, they're just baiting Southampton even into even more of uh, their press. Do you, do you give Southampton any chance of even like a draw on this based off of Liverpool's recent form? Yeah, I was going to say that um, I thought there was a possibility that there's a hangover because they're coming from Istanbul and, you know, uh, that's a really, really long away trip that now they're going back. Now they're going to have to go to Southampton and yeah, just two away trips um, in the span of like three days. And it's it's really early on in the season. They also had to play the Community Shield. Um, So, 
yeah, I just think that all of that uh, together is is a, a lot for these Liverpool players to handle, especially in their you know the, the the way that they like to play with high energy and and high pressing and everything. So it, it just feels like there's a possibility that they could drop points here. Um, Southampton are going to be desperate to to get something up on the board, and they usually give Liverpool pretty hard games uh, at St. Mary's. It went so. up one nil last year, right? Yeah. And I think even after Liverpool scored, maybe a flurry, I think they went up maybe a couple of goals. I think Southampton scored again and like got back into it. So yeah, they never, they never like go down easily. So yeah, I expect Southampton to put up a fight. I'm looking for that center back, uh, Kevin Donso from, from Osberg. And yeah, I'm looking to see if they can maybe integrate him. Uh, I think defensively, they still have something a little bit lacking and uh, you mentioned Che Adams in one of the previous pods. He's another one that, um, you know, I'm looking to see if, if you know, the young 22-year-old can, can have an impact. Um, so, yeah, I think those new players for Southampton, it'll be, they'll be at home and they'll be looking to, to get their, you know, their names in, in everybody's minds against a big team like Liverpool. And everyone's going to be gunning for them. So I think, uh, I think these Southampton players are going to be up for it. The fans are going to be up for it. And it's going to be a, a hostile and, and hard atmosphere for, for Liverpool to get something in. But obviously, these are uh, this is a team that got 97 points last year and you know were impeccable in situations like this last year. I don't think that'll be the case this year. But um, yeah, I mean, this these are the type of games that prove if you're champion caliber, if you can go out to, to oh, you know easily to, to a place like you know, St. Mary's and just trot all over them. If they go out and win 3-0, then that'll definitely be, you know, a statement back to Man City and, and Man City will have to respond and, and, you know, get a result against Tottenham because, you know, that's not going to be a, a, just a walk in the park for uh, to, to maintain the lead if, if, if they can get, you know, convincing away wins like that. But then again, they did just win five one Manchester City at West Ham, so they're they're setting the bar as high as it gets. Great segue because uh, Tottenham will return to the site of their uh, famous Champions League quarterfinal win against Manchester City uh, back in I want to say April uh, when they play Manchester City at the Etihad Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. It'll be an hour or two after Liverpool finish their game at uh, Southampton. Crazy to think that we're already, you know, looking at those two teams as like, oh, who's going to drop points? Just after we saw so many teams, uh, so many weeks last uh, season where they just went on run after run after run of uh, or week after week of yeah, game you got to think with the VAR, like there's going to be stuff that happens and. You hope so. More hope un- unpredictability. Somewhat of an equalizer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is if this game is one fourth of the game that that Champions League quarterfinal was. What was it like? Four? It was like three three, or was it four three? It was like four or five goals in the first twenty minutes of the game, and then a Sergio Aguero go ahead goal and a Fernando Llorente uh, equalizer that put Tottenham through. If this game on Saturday is anything close to that, then. Uh, we're in for a treat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest probably not. I know you seem kind of optimistic about Tottenham's chances at a draw, but I feel like this feels like a three-one uh, Manchester City. I'm not putting that result completely uh, as like a prediction or anything, but just I, because I just, I think, every time these two teams play, I think City are going to win three-one. Yeah, I mean, and that's just like the result that you pretty much always give City in in their games against the top six uh, at home. You pretty much always say that they're going to win three-one. But um, it, it just feels like 
this time Tottenham have a belief. They have, you know, their their first stadium at or their they have their new stadium. This is their first season, and they're signing just you know their record signing just scored a goal. There's a ton of feel good around, and you know we haven't seen Lo Celso yet, and we haven't seen Cessignon. I don't you know it might still be a, a few weeks before we do, but. Yeah, I just think this this Tottenham side are are flying right now, and I think that it's going to be difficult for Manchester City to um, get a result against them. And I think that Poch is this is the year he needs to make the step up. If he if he's going to win a title with Tottenham, it's going to have to be this year. I think. I think that uh, things may fall apart. You know, someone like Christian Eriksen leaves or Alderweireld, and they were able to keep those players. Um, you know, the window isn't over, but so far, as far as we know, they were able to keep those players and keeping those those key players in your team. And, and you know, if they could even re-sign Erickson, that would be massive for them. Um, that might even give them another, you know, couple of years window to, to win more trophies, to win any trophy. But I feel like this is the type of game where, yeah, you got to you got to go get a draw. If you want to you want to go call yourself a title contender, show that you're, you know, at least a draw. Yeah, you want to show that you know people. People talk about Pochettino being a, a top five coach in the world, or even a top ten coach in the world, and I think it's bullshit. I mean, the guy, yeah, he's developed some players, but it, it, how how can a, play, a coach who's never won anything be a, a top five or ten coach in the world? Like it's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, you can you can say that they're a very up and coming and prospective coach. Poch is still young, and he's yeah. still relatively young in his career in the sense that he's only been at you know two or three major clubs um you know major in the sense that like you know big professional teams but he hasn't been at a top five or six club in the world and if he did that would be like you know a a step up from tottenham obviously um but i think this is the type of game where he has to show last year he showed he was able to do it in the champions league now show you can do it in the league so yeah i'm i'm uh quietly optimistic for Tottenham that they could get something in this game. Um, but City have so many weapons at their disposal. Mars looked so good last week. Sterling looked amazing. De Bruyne is back. You know, Rodri Mahrez, looks to be settling. We're talking about Mahrez because of the Sterling hat trick, but Mahrez put two of those goals on a plate for oh, Sterling. Oh, and Mahrez could have easily had two or three goals himself. He had like yeah. some really close shots and, and I think grazed the post once and had the keeper save once or twice his shots. So, I mean, the guy was super threatening and, and looked, I mean, he was kind of added at the end of last season too. He, he, he kind of yeah. gave city that extra push at the end where there was a few games where city weren't like barreling people at the end of last season. Ta- uh, the title decider, he scored the goal to make it, I, I think two, one, right. He scored the, the, or no, he scored the equalizer, the maybe. equalizer, four, one, but, but, but the, he scored um, an important goal in that game. Yeah, he did. And, and the, but he was scoring a lot, you know, four or five goals at the tail end of last season. And it seems like that good form is continuing into the start of this season. I mean, he, he was a, you know, player of the season at a uh, Leicester city in their title winning season. So, you know, the guy could absolutely recapture that form if he gets a run of games for Manchester City. And if he does, fantasy teams, because that yes. guy's going to be probably doing really well. We're going to take this opportunity uh, during the Manchester City Tottenham uh, preview to debut a, a new segment. It's, uh, it's something we want to try to get into more this season. Based off of FanDuel betting odds, we're going to go ahead and give uh, each one of us is going to give 
our uh, our pick for bet of the week that you, you guys should consider. I don't know about you, Javier, but uh, I, I picked mine just based off of like you know a game that maybe we didn't have in the like top three games this weekend. Uh, but I mean, for yours, you you actually have Tottenham as a uh, to draw plus four forty as your uh, pick. Yeah, for this I think week. that's pretty good odds for for this Tottenham team, who I think again they're flying right now. And so yeah, I, I have I've got the I've got you know we're. Uh, we're still figuring out if we're going to keep track of this money, uh, but right now we're doing. We're saying it's like a ten dollar bet, uh, which you which at plus four forty would win you fifty four dollars, um, which I think is pretty a pretty good bet for uh, for Tottenham getting a draw there. I think that's not a not an unreasonable thing at all. You just have to get past the fact that they're playing at the Etihad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I th- that still to me. Yeah, seems City like, were near perfect there last season, or like you're betting against Manchester City, and you know I, it's it's tough to do in league format. Like I get it in Champions League, but I don't know. There's something about them in the league. The also, Harry Kane got a years. brace in August. They they just threw that curse out the window. That's you know, he that curse out the is gone. Last year, didn't he? he yeah, scored yeah, yeah. At Old he scored one, but that. now he scored a brace. The first game of the season, he's going to score like seven goals in August, just because uh, he's he's he was saving them all up for uh, for this one year. So, so I'm going to use this uh, bets of the week segment to actually get a little chat about this Arsenal Burnley game. In um, I, by no means do I think this is by far the best bet of the week, but I think it's an intriguing one. Uh, Burnley coming off that 3-0 win against Southampton that I mentioned earlier. They're obviously going away to the Emirates where Arsenal Hey, we were gods last are... year at home. Yeah, you guys were pretty good, but uh, you know, we were you the third, third best home team. Season. Yeah, <laughs> you drew Brighton at the end of the season and the they best were terrible. Uh, you lost to Crystal Palace at the end of the season. You know, this is a new season and it's different everything, but uh, my, my best bet is going to be until uh, that Burnley point we were or, like the second best home team. Till that were you? Yeah, we were tied with Liverpool. Like our record was the same as Liverpool's until that point, and then when we lost to Palace and drew with Brighton, obviously Liverpool ended with a better home record than us. But right until that point, we were uh, we had like only one loss and one draw at home all season. So did Liverpool. I think City had no losses at home the entire season. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but despite that, I, I, I do like the consistency with which Sean Dyche uh, chooses a squad. You know, there's no major, major signings coming into this. Eric Peters looked pretty good at left back last week for uh, for them uh, coming in from Stoke. But, you know, it's not like a super complex system. So I, I like them to get go to Arsenal and get a draw at plus uh, 430. So, uh, so basically, if you're choosing between these two bets, you're thinking to yourself, can Burnley go get a draw at the Emirates or can Tottenham go get a draw at the Etihad? And it's a tough question. I don't know. I'm just – the Etihad scares me more than the Emirates does right now. <laughs> and Burnley are playing well enough and have like a settled enough 11, whereas Arsenal are still kind of figure, figure things Pepe, out. Nico Pepe, Alex. It's going to be his home debut. Also, the, uh, the our supporters were – like we've been trying to rally up – our home support like for this season and try and improve the atmosphere. So they're bringing like, you know, big drums to the game and like meeting uh, like, you know, several hundred or maybe even thousands supporters. If we can get um, are going to like meet before to like practice chants and stuff like that. And so, you know, I think, I think the atmosphere is going to be, you know, pretty hostile on, uh, on Saturday. So uh, hopefully uh, it can produce a, a big result for us. And I think uh, it might think it might surprise Burnley. I think especially yeah, I mean, a player like Nicolas Pepe is going to be just, you know, playing 90 minutes against that guy. I think it's going to be really, really difficult for the Burnley defenders. And 
I'm sure they're going to be pouring, no doing their homework this week, but I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't like how Mikatari. Although it, Emery has baffled me before with his Mikatarian that he seems to love and keep on the field for you know copious amounts of time. Um, yeah, so that's one to watch out for. That's going to get us uh, started uh, this weekend. It's 7:30 a.m. on uh, Saturday morning. Uh, you know, similar bets in terms of uh, the the type of odds uh, to win. But, I want I want Willock uh, to start again. I really liked how he played last week, and maybe Nelson again. Um, if Lacazette's so still not fully Lacazette fit again, if he's not still fully fit, then I would play uh, Nelson, Pepe, Obama, Yang. Um, which is just oh, that's such a. Gr- I feel, I feel like Lacazette should be fully fit if he was on the bench last week. Like I feel like if you guys, you know, yeah, but we didn't even bring him on with ten minutes to go. Right, I know, but he was on the bench and you guys were up one nil, and you brought on other players. Uh, like if you, if you if they had equalized and you had the substitution, I feel like you. If probably there's would any have risk him on. whatsoever, I want to save him for the Liverpool game. Sure. So well. Yeah, that's, that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, the last game we're going to talk about is uh, Monday night, the bookends to the season from uh, Arsenal-Burnley to start to Wolves-Manchester United Monday at 3 p.m. Uh, well, sorry, Manchester United at Wolves Monday at 3 p.m. Uh, Wolves will play tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, I guess I think it's at home against some Armenian club. that They beat 4-0 away in Yerevan last week in their Europa League qualifying. So they'll have a game uh, in between, whereas United will have eight days from their last match at home against Chelsea to, you know, get on the training pitch and work things out even more. I'm leaning towards United win, but if Wolves are the team they uh, want to be, they should probably come out and, and beat this United team. Don't you think? Do you think this... Like what, what 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 way would you lean if you were going to place a similar kind of like ten dollar bet on this game? Let me I mean, they the came out and and didn't they beat United twice last year? They did, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Wolves I, at home I, are plus two thirty. I don't think this win. is going to be like an easy game for for either team. Um, I could easily see a draw here, and especially on a Monday night game, I'm guessing both of these teams are are going to know what's at stake. But Manchester United are obviously going to be trying to you know win this game and mount you know a top four or what some crazy fans have been thinking they could be in for a title push. Um, but yeah, I think that their uh, their front three of Martial, Rashford, and and Lingard is you know incredibly dynamic, very quick, and adding Daniel James to that is a fourth player who can kind of play across that whole front line. It's it's kind of scary. I mean, I I he's he's already you know scored on his debut last year and uh, or last game, sorry. And I, I think that everything's flying for United right now. They're looking good, but I think that you could tell um, in in small portions of the game. Even though Chelsea didn't have Ingolo Conte, I think if Chelsea had had Conte in in the game against United, you I think you would have seen United's midfield exposed more. But I think you could tell that at times that pivot was that the double pivot they have is very weak and um, defensively leaves a lot of spaces. And I think a team like Wolves will be able to expose that uh, probably better than what Chelsea was able to do. And I think that their style alone. Yeah, just from style alone. Absolutely. And also just the way that their midfielders play and, uh, you know, Jimenez and Yota sitting on the shoulders of the center backs and, um, you know, making runs at the, at, 
through the lines. I think that that's going to be something that tests Manchester United a lot more, and I'm going to be very curious to see how Maguire and um, yeah. you know how they shepherd these players. Because I think if like a Pulisic had started and an Angolo Kane had started for Chelsea, I think it would have been a completely different game, and we would have seen. I think a lot more pressure under for Manchester United. And I'm really curious to see that actually happen before I start, you know, heaping praise on United and calling them, you know, uh, uh, a big force to be reckoned with this season. I, I don't want to yeah. get like over carried away from the four nil. And I think that that, that nil nil Wolves Leicester is, um, you know, they're going to want to get back on track and get a win here. They're not going to want to start without two wins, uh, especially because they look at themselves as a team that could break into the top six. Yeah, the reason I'm leaning towards a United win, though, I am I'm still skeptical, like you, about their ability to go and face a very different team stylistically uh, opposed to, to Chelsea. They'll be a little afraid. Is that, is that Wambasaka? I'm thinking Wambasaka's recovery ability. It's going to mask a lot of uh, maybe Lindelof's pace issues. Yeah, Wambasaka and Maguire just seem to have added so much. It's just, it's yeah, and it's kind of like the, the one thing that people would criticize Maguire for. I forget who it was last season. Um, might have been someone from Watford or Burnley who was saying that they wanted to try and test Maguire when Leicester were playing a high line because he's. He's pacey, but you know most center backs can be had if there's enough space in behind and you have the right player timing the run. Uh, so that that was the one question with Maguire, and we didn't really get it answered last week because Chelsea were the ones uh, you know p- pushing up high and and pre- playing the high line and pressuring United themselves. So it's a, a very different kind of test uh, for for United that I, I think Juan Bissaka should help with, but uh, we'll, I'll keep an eye on it for sure. Uh, so that, that wraps things up for this week's preview pod. I don't know if we're going to continue doing uh, two pods a week uh, from here on out. We uh, all have pretty bit busy schedules, but uh, if not, we'll continue to give our bets of the week uh, and we'll have Andrew to jump in and give his input too. Uh, it's not too late to join the Ghost Goal Podcast Fan League, whether you've created an account and uh, created a team or not. Do so. Get one in there before 6.30 a.m. on Saturday morning and, and you'll be in for uh, this weekend. It's uh, Once again, Ghost Gold Podcast Fan League is the name of the league on uh, fantasypremierleague.com. And then the code to enter is DMVNZ0. You can find all that information on our social media. The uh, Instagram and Twitter accounts are at Ghost Gold Pod. And of course, myself at ASMOS92, uh, at JavierRev9, and uh, at Andrew Bissaro. Uh, enjoy the games and until next week. Bye. Bye.